There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast contains description of violence and a few F-bombs are dropped normally by me. Therefore, it's not suitable for children. I'm criminologist Anne McMahon and welcome to Stalking Australia. Hi everyone. Um, now, this is going to seem very disjointed. Um, I had already recorded the last episode of this season of Stock in Australia when a friend of the podcast sent me a recording she wants me to play so listeners can get some idea of the fear and the terror that victims of stalking and domestic violence go through. We normally only read incidents like these on paper, but to hear it unfold before you is truly terrifying. So I am sending out a huge trigger warning before playing this recording. Um, if you feel this in any way will traumatize you, I would suggest you don't listen as this is extreme. So while listening to this, I want you to listen to patterns of behavior that we've spoken about during the podcast. So listen to the coercive control that's being exercised. Remember, we've said that coercive control is an act or a pattern of acts of assault threats, humiliation and intimidation or other abuse that's used to harm, punish or frighten the victim. So here we're going to hear coercive control through violence, threats of violence and gaslighting. Um, if you remember, gaslighting is when someone makes another person feel like they're gone insane um, and then they date their own mind and they do this through psychological means. Um, you'll also hear victim, victim blaming. Um, in this recording, you're going to hear the perpetrator saying that the victim has destroyed his son's life. Um, in actual fact, his son no longer wanted to visit his father due to the fighting and the atmosphere in the home. He also blames her for his behavior. You'll hear him quote, you're turning me into the bad guy here. Now, in this recording, this guy is a narcissist, and you'll notice that he's talking about himself in the third person far out. His behaviors show two things. One, by um, by talking about himself in third person, he's trying to separate himself from his actions by doing this. He's repeatedly ignoring her and disregarding her feelings um, by using bully boy tactics. So if you're in a relationship with someone who refers to themselves in the third person, my um, advice would be beware. And in this recording also you'll hear his tone of voice is so condescending and he's so degrading towards her. Oh God, this really gets me. He calls himself a traumatized saint and he's harping on about uh, he wants the victim to get pills for her, her anxiety when he is the underlying cause of the anxiety. So uh, once again, I'm sending out a listener beware warning and ask if you do listen to listen to the end of the podcast where there'll be a call to action so we can help victims like these. The original episode will play at the end of this recording. Thank you. I'm not telling you. Please stop. I'm talking. Please don't. Please stop. No. Please stop. Don't shut me down. 
I'm please nervous. Don't, I'm now, nervous. Please don't shut me down. Please don't shut me down. You cannot fucking give me any responsibility for what has happened. I was asleep. Okay. Stop. This is the problem. Take the fucking pill. No, I, I don't get like this when you're not around. Okay? Shut up. Don't come near me. Please. The choice you are okay. making is unacceptable. Oh, please go. I am leaving. Okay. Shut up. Okay. Shut up. And I'll leave. Please. 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 That is only designed for me to hurt you. For you to escape. You do not get to run away. Uh, please leave me. I will fucking kill you if you desert me. Do you understand? Yeah, 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 yeah. Please do you understand? Do you understand? Stop talking. Please stop talking. Please stop talking. Please stop talking. I'm moving away. Please stop. I'm moving away. I'm moving away. I'm moving away. Can you please respond? Yes, I can. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please stop. Okay, okay. Please. Okay. I did not cause this anxiety. Okay. Okay. Please shut up. <laughs> shut up. Oh, oh my god, please let me off the face. 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 Please let me off the Look, this is real simple. You have destroyed my son's life. Please stop. Please stop. So have I. Well, it's not all your fault. Right? But your lies and deceit enable it. Please stop. And I will fucking kill you. Take the fucking pill. And be honest. The problem is the anxiety. See, if I walk out the door, don't follow me. I want to have a cigarette. Oh my God, who fucking cares what you want? <laughs> you, how long have you been away? I'm going to ring the police. Please stop. I'm going to ring the police. Please stop. Don't come near me. Then please stop. Don't hurt me. Stop. I've been up since 6.45. Okay, awesome, awesome. So why is there a need to have a, a cigarette? Please stop. Can you see the distance? Yeah. Can you see that there's Yes, asphalt? I'm going to go down to near, near out onto the street, you, please. No, please. Don't talk. <laughs> I'm not a threat. Look at me. He's going to be here in 10, 15 minutes. Fuck up, and then this will be over faster. Okay. Look at me. Look where I'm standing. Okay. Look at, please look at me. Yes. I'm look looking. at where I am. Yes. Look at how my body language is. Yes. It's open. Yes. Okay. You don't fuck me over and leave me in the shit because you don't want to take a fucking pill. Are you serious? Are you serious? It's not that simple taking a pill. Just make, just make everything go away. Please just... What the fuck are you talking about? It's, you don't know how simple okay. it is because you're not even on it. Okay, all right, okay. I'll think, I'll talk no, to someone about it. about it. Okay, You'll be please open. leave my house. No. These first, please leave my house. Oh, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. Why do you say that? I'm petrified of you. Please leave my house. Please get out of me. Please go.
You are turning me into the fucking bad guy here. This is not acceptable. Okay. Please stop interrupting. I'm, I'm the one that's trying, right? I was trying to go. Okay. Please look at me. Yeah. Without freaking out. Okay. I was trying to go. Okay. Trying to have a cigarette. Yes. I've literally just woken up. Yes. Can you please bear in mind that is a good guy that has just woken up, yeah. that has just had his life destroyed yeah. by you yeah. over a long period of time, and he is suffering severe mental illness. Okay, I know. Shut up. Oh, help me. No, the reason you do this is because you don't want to listen. Now <laughs> just hold your hand over your mouth so that you don't interrupt and talk over me so that your brain might fucking hear me. You have spent two years torturing me. Sometimes consciously, sometimes not. Torture. About when I've had my two broken eyes, two black eyes and a broken nose. Don't touch me, don't come near me, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, don't put me in a hospital again, please don't. Please stop. Just walk out the door now. Ah! I'm going to call the police. You've broken it. Did I not just plead for you to please stop? Did I not? So it's clearly the anxiety is the problem. Take the fucking pill or I'll kill you. Okay, okay, okay. And I mean it. Okay, okay, okay. And I'll fix this. If I do it now, obviously, it's in his face. Will you please stop? I haven't said anything. I don't want to perfectly reason. You Someone is a traumatized state, you don't treat them that way. Okay. So, of course, I then get woken up in no, to your state. And you call the police and have me fucking arrested. Ask for a cigarette, and you're like, oh, I have no idea where the cigarettes are. I go to make space by leaving, and you follow me. Please go.
Yeah, that's fine. I might just leave for a little while. I, I will ring the police if you don't go soon. I'm going to ring the police. I don't feel safe. I need you. I don't feel safe. I want you. I want you going, please. Just, just go. I can't hear you. Could you please? Could you please go? I can't hear you. I said, could you please? Welcome to the last episode of this, our first season of Stalking Australia. We've heard the stories of eight victims of stalking and the lovely Megan Norris discussed some of the stories in her book entitled Look What You Made Me Do. So this week we're going to be looking at different types of stalkers and matching those up with our stalking victims. Um, a stalker could be a family member, a current sexual partner, a colleague or a complete stranger. So although stalking incidents can look familiar in regards to the effect they have on a victim and involve the same kind of behaviours by the stalker, the reasons people choose to stalk are varied and very complex. The first typology, as seen in Mackenzie et al., the Stalking Risk Profile, Guidelines for Assessing and Managing Stalkers, we will discuss the rejected stalker. So this type of stalking normally occurs after the breakdown of a close relationship. Victims um, are normally the past intimate partner of the stalker. But um, close family and friends can also become a victim of the stalker. There are two reasons why the stalker can choose to stalk their victim. It may begin as a ruse to reconcile with a victim. And when this is apparent, it's not going to happen. They then they'll stalk their victim as a form of um, revenge for the rejection. And sometimes a stalker continues this behavior as it still makes them feel close to their victim. And other times the behavior continues to allow the stalker to rebuild their crushed self-esteem and start to feel good about themselves again. So of our eight victims um, in this season, four are victims of the rejected stalker. So we have our first episode, her name is not Diane, episode two, horror in your own home, episode three, love bombed, and episode seven, Michelle. So all four of our guests were in an abusive relationship and when they tried to leave, it turned into a period of stalking. So thanks you two superstars who reviewed the podcast saying this is a domestic violence podcast. Obviously I haven't listened to all the episodes. Only four of the eight episodes are domestic violent cases or intimate partner cases. And the second typology is the resentful stalker. So this type of stalking occurs when the stalker feels some sort of injustice or humiliation, sorry, humiliation um, perpetrated by the victim. So the power and control they feel by inflicting fear on the victim, it gives them the feeling that they're kind of even in the score. Um, victims are usually acquaintance or they can be strangers. Um, resentful stalkers can often portray themselves as a victim, and this is used to justify their stalking. And, you know, all like you did this to me or you did that to me, therefore I'm going to stalk you. Um, our guests who are victims of the resentful stalker are episode eight, like a dog with a bone. So remember Sharon, um, she knew of a dog breeder online who is now making Sharon's life a living hell. So this stalker has somehow developed paranoid beliefs about Sharon um, 
and is using Stalkin as a way of getting back at Sharon over some preconceived idea that Sharon is totally unaware of. She has no idea why this woman is stalking her. In episode four, we met Shannon in She Ain't No Mary Poppins. Um, so Shannon is also the victim of a resentful stalker. This stalker, I would imagine, has turned resentful after... Um, Shannon terminated her employment. She now has an obsessive and revengeful campaign against Shannon for what she feels is unfair treatment. In um, a study of women who stalk by Marcel Pathy and Mullen, it showed the rate of same-gender stalking was significantly higher among female stalkers, with 48% pursuing other women, whereas 9% of the men stalked other men. In 18% of the cases, the stalker was classified as resentful and the stalkers seen to punish and torment a victim perceived as having mistreated or slighted her. So this type of stalking often emerged in the contents of workplace disputes um, where one woman commenced a campaign of intimidation against a colleague after complaints of professional misconduct were lodged against her. And this seems to be exactly what happened in Shannon's case. Sandy in episode six, her stalker could be uh, the resentful stalker or he could be the next typology, which is the intimacy-seeking stalker. As this was an absolute stranger who stalked Sandy, she had no idea what she had done to this guy to cause this behavior. So did Sandy unwittingly mistreat or slight her stalker? We'll never know. Or was he our next typology, which is the intimacy-seeking stalker? That's a bit of a mouthful. Um, this type of stalker normally stalks due to loneliness. Their victims are usually strangers or acquaintances. They may have delusional beliefs thinking they are in a relationship with a victim. Um, the original reason for stalking is to start an emotional connection and an intimate relationship. The stalking normally continues as satisfaction arises from the disillusioned belief that they have a close bond with someone. So these typologies, whilst most stalkers will fit under these categories, may sometimes fall under the umbrella of more than one. So in Sandy's case, because she had no idea why this man would stalk her. We can't say whether he was an intimacy seeker or a resentful stalker. Now, episode five is entitled What's With All Stuffed Toys? And then there we met Scott. Scott's stalker could be an intimacy seeker, but she could also be the last category that we'll discuss today, and that is the incompetent suitor. They stalk out of loneliness or lust and target strangers or acquaintances. Unlike intimacy-seeking stalkers, their initial motivation is not to establish a loving relationship, but to get a date or a short-term sexual relationship. Incompetent suitors usually stalk for brief periods, but when they do persist, their behavior is usually maintained by the fact that they are blind or indifferent to the distress of victims. Sometimes this insensitivity is um, associated with cognitive limitations or poor social skills, consequent to autism spectrum disorders or intellectual disability. So I think um, Scott Stalker certainly has some type of mental illness. So now we know some of the motivation behind certain types of stalking. Let's have a look inside the mind of a stalker. So the, what the greatest tool a stalker possesses is manipulation, especially where an ex is involved. So according to a handbook for stalking victims by Emily Spence Steele, 
and I'll list the details of this in the episode note. Um, I highly recommend downloading this handbook as there are lots of great hip hints and tips for stalking victims. Uh, so according to this handbook, stalkers make empty promises to prolong contact. For example, this is the last time I swear I just need closure. I just need to see you for one last time. Um, they'll try to make you feel guilty. So for example, why are you doing this to me? So it's your fault. Um, they'll use blackmail. Like for example, I'll tell your boss about the time you called in sick if you don't see me again. Um, they'll play on your insecurities and they'll make unfounded accusations. For example, you don't care about anyone but yourself and they'll twist your words to suit their agenda for Again, for example, I know you really do love me and that your friends are just trying to brainwash you against me. Uh, so let's look at some common characteristics of a stalker. Again, this is taken directly from Handbook for Stalking Victims by Emily Spence-Deal. So she has listed jealous, which I think that goes without saying, narcissistic, which is basically self-obsessed, obsessive and compulsive, falls instantly in love. Now we've spoke about that when we spoke about love bombing, manipulative, that's a definite, does not take responsibility for own feelings or actions, needs to have control over others, socially awkward or uncomfortable. Now, I wonder how many of you who are stalking victims are ticking these off. Views themselves as a victim of society, family and others. Unable to take no for an answer. Deceptive and switches between rage and love. Difficulty distinguishing between fantasy and reality. I think that would be um, Scott stalkers. That'd be a definite tip for her, tick for her. A sentiment of entitlement, i.e. you owe me. Unable to cope with rejection. Dependent on others for a sense of self, views his or her problems as someone else's fault, maybe of above average intelligence, and they hate and fear that the most becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy resulting from their own erratic and irrational behaviours. So let's look at communicating with the stalker. So again, if you are a victim of stalking, this uh, this would be really helpful to download this handbook, which I say I'll leave in the episode notes. So for legal support in the future, it's a good idea to have evidence that the victim has directly instructed the stalker to stay away. So what we call this is a no contact statement. So you want to make it really clear. You want to have no contact with the stalker whatsoever. So you issue them an absolutely no contact statement. For example, I do not want you to contact me either directly by telephone or by email. I want no further contact with you. So it can't be much clearer than that. So once you've issued this no contact statement, you must document it. So that means that any form of communication after the initial no contact statement will be considered by the stalker as a reason to hope and persist. So if you break your no contact statement even one time, the stalker will assume that you may break it again and he or she will continue. So it's really important once you issue that no contact statement, you do not have any form of contact with the stalker. Now you need to document everything. Now what's unfortunate is that you as a victim must collect your own evidence, unlike any other crime where the police collect evidence. And after each incident, you need to ask yourself the following questions. One, were there any witnesses who will support me? Two, is there any evidence that I can physically keep? Three, if this happens again, is there any way that I can gather evidence next time? And four, should I call law enforcement right now to report it? And I would suggest the answer is absolutely yes. Report every incident. And it's helpful to 
locate a victim advocate in your area to help you. Uh, the trouble is in Queensland, I've tried and I can't, I cannot find any stalking advocacy in Queensland. And the sad truth is that many stalking victims, they aren't taken seriously until the case has escalated to a frightening level. And because of this problem, it's so important for victims to seek help from as many people as possible and to assertively advocate on your own behalf. And you might have to be very persistent. So report each incident, no matter how insignificant it might seem. And law enforcement, they can write incident reports rather than file and charges and these can later help support the overall stalking case demonstrating a pattern of behavior so keep all evidence no matter how disgusting or offensive it is don't throw anything away give it to the police keep you know if they send you letters or flowers or gifts or anything else that can be physically collected it's not necessary for you to read every letter you can just instead give them directly to a police officer or a victim advocate to read and keep for you Keep a detailed log and obtain a copy of your state stalking law so that you're quite clear about what constitutes stalking in your state. Keep a file of all police reports. Make sure each police department from multiple jurisdictions has copies of each other's reports. It's really important because if you move state to state um, and your stalker follows you, then you want to have the police collaborate in all these different reports in different states. And make sure that each new police report makes reference to prior reports so that they're adding on reports to your last complaint, not just raising new um, reports that aren't going to show previous um, incidents. And maintain regular contact with detectives assigned to your case and report every incident, especially violations of restraining orders. Save all forms of internet and email communications. Report email harassment to your internet provider. Save all phone messages. Now, in Australia, you can actually ring Telstra or whoever your phone provider. I'm not sure about any other provider, but I know that Telstra has a service called MCT or malicious call tracing. And they can set you up to trace incoming calls and they can contact the police on your behalf. Uh, in America, they have an automatic call trace, which is typically... Um, star 57 so immediately after a harassing telephone call you press star 57 and then you notify the police that you've traced the call ask friends neighbors co-workers and family to write down any communication or contact including observations that they've had with the stalker if possible not everyone can but if you can afford it rent a surveillance camera to capture the stalker on video and consider ob obtaining a restraining order to bolster the strength of your legal case um, thanks also to the reviewer who gave a two-star review saying that the host didn't give any advice. So I made it quite clear at the beginning of this um, season that this was primarily um, a place where the victims can tell their story and get it out there. And I had every intention of doing this episode, um, but I don't want me to be babbling through um, every episode. I really wanted it to be a voice for the victims. And I think that's what I've achieved. And hopefully this episode, um, while I'm collaborating um, all the victim stories and um, comparing it with stalker typologies, that this can maybe help people work out what type of stalker that they have and what action they can take. So let's now move on to the legislation. Oh, legislation. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, so this is my interpretation of the Queensland Criminal Code Act 1899, Section 359B, Unlawful Stalking. So unlawful stalking is 
intentionally directed at a person and engaged in on any one occasion if the conduct is protracted or on more than one occasion and consisting of one or more acts of the following or a similar type. Following, loitering near, watching or approaching a person. Contacting a person in any way, including, for example, by telephone, mail, fax, email or through use of any technology. Um, there's eight points. I don't think I need to read through all eight points. I think by now we get what stalking is. So if this causes the stalked person apprehension or fear, reasonably arising in all circumstances of violence of or against property of the stalked person or another person, or causes detriment, reasonably arising in all circumstances to the person or another person. Oh, good goodness. Oof. I hope you guys all get that. I'm not sure I do. So it has to cause detriment. So what is detriment? Detriment is apprehension or fear of violence to or against property of the stalked person or another person. Serious mental, psychological or emotional harm. Prevention or hindrance from doing an act a person is lawfully entitled to do. Compulsion to do an act a person is lawfully entitled to abstain from doing. So we know what constitutes stalking. So what is the punishment of unlawful stalking? So the, the, again, this is just Queensland. So you guys need to look up your own um, criminal code for stalking. It's quite easy. Just Google um, as, for example, Victoria's uh, criminal code for stalking, Tasmania's criminal so code for stalking. It should be quite easily found. So this is a criminal code 1899, section 359E, punishment of unlawful stalking. A person who unlawfully stalks another person is guilty of a crime. Howdy doody. Thank goodness for that. A person who commits a crime of unlaw unlawful stalking is liable to a maximum penalty of imprisonment for five years. That's simple enough. However, a person is liable to a maximum penalty of imprisonment for seven years if, for any of the acts constituting the unlawful stalking, the person uses or intentionally threatens to use violence against anyone or anyone's property or possesses a, a weapon. So, do any of those, you get seven years. Contravenes or intentionally threatens to contravene an injunction or order order imposed or made by a court tribunal under a law of the Commonwealth or a state. Right. Oh, also a person is liable to a maximum penalty of imprisonment for 10 years if any of the acts constituting the unlawful stalking are done when or because the stalked person is a law enforcement officer investigating the activities of a criminal organization. That just means if um, an officer is investigating a crime and you stalk that person, then you're like likely to be in prison for up to 10 years. So that's the punishment of unlawful stalking. So what am I missing here? What am I missing? It's clearly defined what stalking is. In Queensland, the legislation on stalking is clear. So why are the police saying to some of these victims that they're unable to do anything? I don't understand. I really don't. If there are any lawyers or police officers out there that can explain it to me, I would love to hear from you because I legitimately feel I'm missing something. Unless I have badly interpreted the Queensland Criminal Code. Again, this is a legislation just in Queensland. So let's look what see now. Oh, I hope this is not too dry and gone on too much. This is why I didn't just want to babble through episodes. Um, this is according to Ogilvy 2000. And this is Australia-wide. So this is covering not Queensland, but other jurisdictions. Um Ogilvy says that we need to be clear how we want to define stalking. She states we need to be clear how we want to define stalking. It needs to be more clearly defined if it is to be defined as criminal. What exactly are the criminal elements of stalking? 
We said previously it's the offender's intent to cause fear and apprehension, but it would seem the courts find this less than satisfactory and addressing a crime as complicated as stalking. Um, she also goes on to say we need to conduct nationally comparable research on stalking. We need to understand the difference between male on female stalking, celebrity stalking, domestic violence stalking, female on male stalking, and the different impact on stalking and many other elements. There's limited data that could be used for cross-jurisdiction analysis, which means that there hasn't really been much research done across different states, uh, you know, including the different states in the data. Normally just a state does its own um, research and collects data. So there really needs to be more cross-jurisdictional analysis. There needs to be an investigation into stalking behaviours on a national level, so programmes can be developed and put in place to address them. And I so agree with that. It has to be national. Um, we need to expand the range of available responses to stalking. So Ogilvy says there must be collaboration between domestic violence organisations, the police, magistrates and mental health experts to execute the most suitable interventions. So these arbitrations must take into account the different type of stalkers and their behaviour, the conceivable likelihood of violence and the effect this behaviour has on the victim, especially if the stalking is continuous for years. So that she has more specific recommendations um, to change the subjective tests of intent to object objective tests of intent. So what does that mean? Well, in a nutshell, it means subjective tests of intent need to prove that the offender intended harm, whereas objective tests of intent request that a reasonable person should have known the behaviour would have appeared harmful, which I understand Queensland is an objective test, but a lot of the other states aren't. So it just means um, if it's subjective, you have to prove that the offender intended harm, which is sometimes difficult because some people might say, well, I didn't mean to harm them. I didn't mean to scare them. I was just sending out like a hello text where objective tests, that intent requests that a reasonable person should have known the behavior would have appeared harmful. So that, I mean, that's quite clear there. Uh, another specific recommendation is the provision of training for police. And Ogilvy says that training sessions could be given to police, explaining stalking legislation, different types of stalking, and the high chance of murder involving stalkers and domestic violence victims. A specialised unit could be formed to both assess the threat and stalking situations and plan appropriate intervention, which I think is really, really important that the police, you know, at the um, ground roots are trained in stalking legislation and also the high chances of violence and murder in stalking, particularly in domestic violence victims. So now this is our call to action. Now, what can we all do to help stalking victims? Well, there are a few things we can do. The first thing we can do is contact our local MP and demand that police take stalking seriously early on to prevent the stalker from escalating and that legislation be nationalised and states talk to each other. In our, um, in our guest Scott's case, he moved states to escape his stalker and she followed him. So then we're going across state lines and he's now in Cairns, but the Cairns police don't speak to the last state he was in. 
So they don't have any of that reports. So it's kind of, you know, his whole report has to start from scratch again when he moved to Queensland, which is crazy because he's got, you know, 10 or 15 year history with the stalker stalking him in the last state he was in, which I won't mention. And we also need to start stalking advocacy groups around Australia. Now, I have no idea how to do this, um, but I want to start one in Queensland. Personally, I want to start one. So what I need, I need anyone who knows how to set up a not-for-profit organization to please get in touch with me if you're able to help and start an advocacy group in your state. Do it. So thank you all for listening. To help get the word out, please give a five-star review, share, and tell your friends about the podcast. This helps listeners to find us. We'll be back with our second season of Stock in Australia, and this time it may be international. We have listeners in Australia, America, the UK, Europe, India, and all over the world, which has just blew me off my socks. Um, if you have been a victim of stalking and you'd be willing to tell your story on this podcast, please get in touch. You can DM me on Facebook under Stalking Australia and on Twitter. Um, I'd love to hear your story and give you an opportunity to tell it anonym anonymously if you prefer. So thank you so much for listening. Please take care and look after each other. If you or someone you know is being stalked in Australia, please ring 1-800-RESPECT. That's 1-800-73-7732. In the United Kingdom, please ring Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service on 020-3866-4107. And in the United States, please ring Stalking Resource Center, National Center for Victims of Crime Helpline on 800-FYI-CALL. That's 800-394-2255. What are you going to listen to now? You could browse endless podcast lists and take a shot. You could ask your mates and wait for no one to reply. Or you could listen to us, your friendly castologists, the professional pickers of all things podcast. Zane, Nick and Liz listen to all the things so you don't have to and find the best podcast that should be on your radar. Every Monday we're coming at you with three hand-picked podcast recommendations. Then we review each other's selections so you know what's really good. Will we always agree with each other's picks? Yeah, probably not. But hey, you're clever. You know how that's how reviews work. You got this. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.